Welcome to the Harvest Center. Harvest Center. The 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 Harvest Center. Welcome to the Harvest Center. We're glad you're here today. Good morning. Nice to see you all in church. Good morning. Please come through. We're about to start. We're about to start this uh, new service in the presence of the Lord. Today's a new day that the Lord has given us. We want to worship Him. We want to recognize that He reigns over the earth, but as well, He wants to reign over our life. Amen? Uh, let me just read the scripture before we go and spend some time uh, in worship. And this is from uh, First Chronicles. And I'm going to read um, from chapter 16, from verse uh, 29. It says, give to the Lord the glory he deserves. Are you ready to give to the Lord the glory he deserves? What kind of glory does he deserve? He, he deserves everything, isn't it? Uh, give the Lord the glory he deserves. Bring your offering and come into his presence. Worship the Lord in all his holy splendor. Let all the earth tremble before him. The world stands firm and cannot be shaken. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Tell all the nations the Lord reigns. Amen. So we are here to give glory to our Lord. You know, there are so many. I always like to say that there are so many reasons for us to be thankful to God. But even more important to express our thankfulness to him and in premise we we give thanks to him for the cross you know he gave his life for us and uh, he died so that we could live uh, he uh, died to pay for our sins and in him we are forgiven in him we can have a relationship with God and I want to invite if you are here today and you feel condemned you feel like that you are far away from God the cross is still Calvary is still open for you today. You can still go at Calvary. You can, see, you can still say, Lord, would you come in my life? Would you forgive me? Would you start afresh with me? Let's give glory to the Lord. Why don't we all stand? Because he, deserved, he deserves to be uh, glorified. He deserves to be worshipped. He deserves to be praised. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you because of this new day of life that you've given us, Lord. We don't want to give anything for granted. Thank you because you are the one who sustains our life. Thank you because from you we, uh, comes all what we need, Lord God. And as we gather here together, Lord God, knowing that Calvary is still open, knowing that you paid everything for us, Lord God, we want to approach the throne of your grace and we want to ask you, God, want, will you bless us today? Holy Spirit, have your way among us. Touch our life, you know, touch our minds, Lord God. And I want to pray for how many people here have carried, are carrying heavy loads in their hearts, Lord God. I just pray that they will be able today to unload everything before you and to taste the freedom and the joy and the peace that comes from you, God. So we thank you. We praise your name. We worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. And as we stand, I just would like to, you know, uh, to, to pray together with you. We've got a few requests. Uh, we've got Angela, uh, Gina. Uh, Angela's going through a difficult time as well. Um, Gina lost um, someone in her family, her dad, and Claire as well of us to pray. Um, and then we've got also Stein Jeep. So we'll start by, you know, with Angela and Gina and Claire. Maybe just, let's just close our eyes and, 
and let's pray for them. Hallelujah. Lord God, we thank you uh, for Angela. We thank you for Gina. We thank you for Claire. We thank you because they are part of this church family, Lord God, and we know how important it is to pray for each other, Lord God. And I want to pray right now as they are facing different um, situations in their lives, Lord God. I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you will minister to their lives, that you will give them strength, uh, peace, and courage, that you will uh, uh, work in their lives and make a difference, Lord, in their situations so that they will be able uh, to sing and to praise your name remind themselves as well wherever they are that you are greater that you are with them lord god take care of them stretch your hand over their lives in jesus name amen and and as well jeep and star want to come in front here we just pray for you uh you wanted to pray where, where are you jeep and star yeah yeah um, they're about to go back in zimbabwe uh, their home country for a a few weeks uh, so we're gonna want to send them off and pray for them uh, maybe someone who wants to join me in prayer Anna why don't you yeah there's a microphone there somewhere join. yes Lord we're standing together with this precious couple as they're going out Lord and we're praying for them, Lord. We're praying that you will protect them on the way there. We're praying that you will protect them while they're there and on their way back, Lord. And we do realize it's going to be Star's first trip since she's lost her daughter, Lord. And we know that you, you see our needs on every single level. And we pray, Lord, that you will give her that emotional support that she needs. We pray that you'll give them the financial support that they need, Lord. And we also pray for the precious family time that they're going to have together, Lord. Just give them joy, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you will make their path straight in the name of Jesus against any obstacles, Lord. And above all, we also pray for the mysterious side of things, Lord, that you will bless their ministry, Lord, that it will multiply, Lord, and be fruitful. Whatever they have got in their hands, Lord, we pray, regardless how big or small it seems, that you will multiply it in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Please take your seat. Um. very excited now because we're going to hear from someone uh so we're going to hear from from dan where is dan you're there i'm going to call you in front one more just give me one moment yeah ask, i come here i will just give a short introduction yeah dan when was the first time we met when was that you came here to do the bonfire night was it two years ago or yes exactly the first time i, I met him is um when he came uh, he's a tiler, and he came to, tiles the, to tile the uh, disabled toilet because we were renovating it. And then, short after that, he came as well um, with his, uh, to sell coffee at our um, bonfire event. And I remember I was talking to you, and you were saying that you were trying to slowly drop the tiling work because you had problem on your knees and you couldn't go down, or you had problem in your bones, and that's why you were going towards the coffee business more. Uh, so I just, you know, I, I listened and said, okay, you know, um, and then, you know, you started to attend church and you will share a bit more about that. Uh, but then he, uh, he, he was here uh, Friday and Saturday and yesterday. He came to tile the, uh, the ladies' toilet because ladies, we are now renovating your toilet. Yeah. 
He's done a wonderful job with the tiles. And, and I was there, and he was tiling, and, and uh, he was going up and down, up and down, down in his knee. I said, hey, Dan, you know, be careful, take it easy, because I remember that he had a problem in his knees. And, and then he told me something that he's going to share with all of us today. And we got also, we got also some pictures. Okay, so um, I've had psoriasis since 2012. Um, so anyone that doesn't know that, that's uh, to do with your immune system. So your skin cells try to grow too quickly, so you end up getting patches all over your body. Um, could we have the really bad one first? Sorry. So, uh, this was 2018. This was um, when I was really bad. Um, I was really stressed at work, my home life. Amanda had to give up work due to ill health. So this is what they call a flare-up. So this is when it's really bad. So I'm currently, I was on 15 milligrams of methotrexate once a week. And I was taking Dovabet steroid cream, which used to have to rub on all the patches every night. Unfortunately, with Dovabet, that's a steroid cream, so that causes your skin to weaken. Um, so I'd done that for about two years, and it wouldn't go away. So they put me up to 20, 20 milligrams of methotrexate and gave me a cream called Ensler. Could we could have the next picture, sorry. So I couldn't find many pictures because I didn't really take many pictures, but I had all these patches, about 50 patches, all over my body um, when I started coming to church, basically. Um, when I went to Alpha, after the Alpha weekend, I decided I wasn't going to use the cream anymore. And basically, if you show the next picture. No, sorry, the next one on from that. So I'm now completely clear. Um, yeah. So that's basically without taking any cream, using any cream, I've, I've reduced my medication to every other week, and then hopefully by Christmas I want to be off it completely. Um, so yeah, so all I can say is praise the Lord. Um, this is a, a condition that really should never go away, um, and it's, I can't explain it, it's completely gone. So thank you very much. That's it. Thank you so much, and um, as well, you, you mentioned to me that it's a few months now that you're off from your antidepressant, is that correct? Yeah? So you stop all of that. God is good. God is good, and uh, you know, um, we don't want to, we, we like to share what God does, because you know, sometimes we, we forget you know, that He still sits on the throne, He still reigns, and um, and he can do all things. And, uh, and, you know, when we hear the stories, you saw some pictures, you can have, uh, I hope you will have a better grasp, you know, uh, today of who God is and what he can do, uh, you know, for, for our life. Okay, right. I have got nine notices, I think, on my big pad. I know, sorry, sorry. So settle down, settle down and get your diaries out. Okay, so I will use my visual aid. Here is our lovely little books that we're going to use for the Bible course. Okay, so we've ordered a whole heap of these in the faith and belief that you're all going to come. All right, so it's going to be on Wednesday nights, and it starts, let me just find my thing, on the 4th of October. 
All right, so not this, not, not this Wednesday. Next Wednesday, as in the following week. Um, and it's an eight-week course. All right, so be ready to lock in and join us. It's going to be here at 7.30. So the books are £5. And we're asking if you'd like to make a donation, there will be a box um, on the study nights for donations for that. But don't let that stop you from coming. All right, we've already bought the books. So if you haven't got the money to pay towards one, that's fine. Come along. We will give you one. And we will just all be here together. Just to say there's also no childcare for that evening. So it is sort of an adult only course. All right, so that's your Wednesday night. It's going to be taken care of for eight weeks. So please see Samuel e to sign up for that to let us know you're coming so we know how many to set chairs out for. We're ready. Okay, so then here we go. We have got, where was number one? Oh, yes. Actually, what starts this week is Alpha. Woohoo! All right, and obviously you can see Alpha impacts lives. Dan is fruit of that. Woo! So Alpha on Thursday nights is going to be here at 7.30. Um, yeah? Yeah, right. <laughs> Phew, I thought Joanna changed something, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Uh, so obviously not too late to sign up to tell your friends. So please see Joe Jeff or Gavin Jane um, or Jason Amell, I believe. So just anybody to find out more about that. And, yeah, so that's going to be here on Thursday nights. Uh, number two, oh, yeah, Saturday. We have got prayer. It is actually the last Saturday of the month. September has already finished. So come out on Saturday night for prayer 7 to 8. So we've got busy, busy weeks ahead, all right? So uh, then where are we heading? Oh, yeah. Then Sunday next week, we've got visiting preachers Johnny and Eliane from IBTI. So they are brilliant, amazing people. We've had them before, and they really bring such a freshness. So be here next Sunday morning and be ready to be sort of supporting them. Uh, that's number four, number five, number five, number five. Hang on. Oh, lost my track. What else do I need to tell you? Okay, so now we will go to remind you that we have got safe training. All right. So this is... For those of you involved in the kids' work, all right, so this is the child protection stuff that we need to do. It is on a Saturday, Saturday the 14th of October. Now, Joanna will need your names, please, 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 and it's from 9 to 1.30-ish, depending on what sort of work you're involved in, so you'll need to bring a packed lunch. It will be here, and yeah, so please see Joe. We need to get names signed up for that, so Saturday the 14th of October for that. And then a couple more. We have got Flourish. Yes, ladies, ladies, don't forget that. So that is the following week. That is the 21st of October. So I tell you, we're literally hitting, 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 hitting. So Flourish is going to be on Saturday, the 21st of October. It's a ladies' event. We've changed it up slightly this year. But put it in your diaries and be thinking of who you can invite. It's going to be in the afternoon. So 2.30 uh, start. Two o'clock. We said two o'clock start then. And it's going to go sort of, it's going to include afternoon tea and some nice sort of ladies things and a speaker. And so it's, it's, it's evangelical. We're going to reach out to, to our friends and our relatives. So find somebody you can invite. And I think in the next week or two, we're going to have some invitations. Yeah. Next week, we're going to have little invitations for you to hand out. So we're believing for a good turnout. We're going to set it all up in here and it'll be great. So, nearly there, nearly there. And then, we're going to do something we've never done before. Woo! Uh, ready for Christmas, we are going to run 
a craft fair at the church. All right. So Lynn has been inspirational in sorting this out and thinking of what we can do. So it's going to be on Saturday, the 9th of December. All right. So spread the word. Again, that's going to be something we can advertise. So Lynn is seeing if anybody is interested in setting up a stool, if anybody's got um, crafts and stuff that they produce and they would like to have a stool, please see Lynn. That is going to be from 10 till 2.30. All right. In here. And yeah, it's going to be good. It'll be an opportunity for people to come to the church again. We can invite people to the carol service. We can have an alpha stall. You know, it's, it's an opportunity to open up again. Right. Are we there? I have no idea. I think I have said everything on my list. Great. And the last thing is, kids are dismissed and ties and offerings. So if you want, oh, and there's youth today. Fabulous, guys. All right. If you want to see me at the back to give on your card, please do. And happy days. Wonderful. Okay, so many notices. Uh, I'm excited about what's coming up, um, especially about the Christmas uh, fair. I'm really looking forward to it. First time we do it, and uh, really look, I'm really looking forward to see what comes out of it. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm quite confident it's going to be good um, because we've got wonderful people running it. But even more, more important than that, the Lord is always supporting us in all what we do as a church. Amen. Um, and, you know, as you hear these notices, this is the life of the church. So I want to really encourage you to take note of these things, to be part of these, and, and to invite people to come along. You know, this is what a church life is. Um, and, uh, you know, you will be blessed, you know, uh, by uh, these things when you hear someone speaking, when there is a prayer meeting. You know, is, we don't do things just for the sake of doing them, but we do, uh, we organize these things because we know that how important they are and how, um, you know, God is able to bless us, you know, uh, through all these things. Um, now, uh, today I want to um, speak together with you about uh, uh, what does it mean to be a Christian, the meaning of being a Christian. Um, because, you see, some, many times we get the theory right, you know, is, uh, okay, I know that Christ came, he died on the cross, and uh, he paid for my sins, I invite Jesus to come into my life so that, you know, uh, through him, one day I will spend eternity with God. My relationship God, with God is going to be, you know, um, rebuilt. I've got it, we think. You know, this is all the theory. But then, you know, often uh, people ask themselves, what, what's now? Okay, I've got all, I know all of this about Jesus, but... I'm still alive today. I've got a life. What, what's now? What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to live my life? You know, is there, beside knowing what Christ has done for me, beside knowing the fact that, you know, my uh, sin I've been dealt with, beside knowing that I've been forgiven by the Lord Jesus, what happened now in, uh, with my life, with my Christian life? And I, I hopefully today, today we'll manage to uh, answer some of these questions if you um, you know, you're posing these questions to, to yourself right now. Um, now, very dry and very simply, to be a Christian simply means to be a follower of Christ. Yeah, the word Christian being, it means to be a follower of Christ. And, and uh, so a follower of Christ, we know what he came and, and what he did for us. But as well, it's like... Um, to follow him, it, when we follow someone, it involves our everyday actions, our everyday decisions that we are, I'm going to follow that man. 
I'm going to follow that, you know, that cause. I'm going to follow that because, you know, I want to be involved with him. I want to see what's there for me, what, if I can do something with my life. So to, do, uh, to be a follower of Christ literally means to follow him because Jesus, he came, yes, because he had to die for our sins, and that was the most important reason why he came. But as well, he came because he wanted us to show us a way. A way that he wanted us to, uh, to follow, yeah? So he came to show us a way. In Matthew 4, verse 19, uh, you know, Jesus was uh, uh, inviting his disciples to follow, to follow him. And he says, come follow me and I will show you how to fish people. Or other translation says, I will make you fishers of men. So he, Christ didn't just say, look, I've come here to die for you and I'm going to deal with your problem, eternal problem. But he actually said to, his, to, to the one who were about to become his disciples, I want you to come to follow me because I want to make you into something. I want to make you fishers of men. So there is, you can see the mind of God when He invites us to follow Him. is because He has a purpose and a plan for our life. He wants to make me and you into something different than what we are today. There is a journey that He wants us to, be, to engage ourselves with because He has a good plan for our life. Come and follow me. I want to make something with your life. I want to make something with you. I've got an idea. I've got a plan. I've got a purpose. You know, come, follow me. And as well, you know, Jesus, he wants us to, uh, to follow him and to walk into his purposes so that by us, children of God, Christians, following him, other people around us can learn how to follow Christ, can see Christ in us. So 1 Corinthians um, chapter 11, verse 1, the Apostle Paul was writing to the church in Corinth and says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. So now if you take these two things, okay, God wants to make me into something different than what I'm today. If he wants basically me through, uh, to use my life so that people around me can actually learn about him, learn a, a way of life that is following Christ, then, you know, it can be exciting for some people. Yeah, okay. I, love, I would love to do that as a Christian. I want to, uh, to walk into God's purposes. I want to be used as an instrument. But for others, maybe it's a bit scary because it's like, oh my goodness. I thought that to be a Christian was just about being saved and, a bit, and about you know, spending eternity with Him and maybe enjoying our, um, my, my church family and have fun. And, but actually, what? I've got responsibilities for the people around me. Well, I've got responsibilities the way how I live my life because through the way how I live my life, you know, people need to uh, learn about Christ. So the picture changes and you can see that to, to be a follower of Christ is much more than just, you know, the first step, which is really to believe in Him and to be forgiven of our sin. There is a journey of transformation. He wants, to, uh, he wants us to follow Him to because he wants to make us into something good and he wants that our life become an example for the people around us around us and uh, uh you know this journey you know is uh, is not easy when i was writing the notes i was saying I, I put down this journey is not always easy then i stopped and thinking no correct this journey is not easy 
Yeah. It's, it's a constant, you know, it's like, I'm, there are joyful moments. I'm not saying that, you know, to follow Christ is, is, all, is suffering, and nothing like that. But to follow Christ is not easy. If we want really to follow Christ, if we want really to pick up our cross and follow Him and follow His example, it's not easy. Especially in the world where we live. It requires humility. You know, that, that thing of saying, you know what? I don't understand, but I recognize that you are bigger than me, that you've got better understanding than me and whatever. I just do what you say. I humble myself. It requires faithfulness. To be faithful to God, even when we are tested, even when people make fun of us, even when people, you know, are, you know, say maybe, you know, ugly things about us because of our faith. And God wants us, you know, to see faithful to Him, that we are always with Him, always following Him, that we don't turn our back and walk away from Him. It requires obedience. I got the message, Lord. I'm going to go for it. And sometimes disobedience is like it stretches us because God asks us to do, to do things or to walk into something that we don't feel comfortable. But again, to, to journey with Christ, it requires obedience and it requires trust. So to follow Christ is not easy. It's not easy. You will be attacked for that, but yet it's so important. Because you see, it's in this journey as we follow God, that He can actually do something good in your life. He can change you. He can make you in what He wants you to be. He, uh, you know, the Bible is very clear. It says that even when we go through difficult times, all the difficulties, you know, they're there to build something good in our life. In James 1, verses 2 and 4, it says, When troubles of any kind come your, uh, come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy, for you know... That when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So it's like, you know, it's tough, the journey, I know. But, you know, as we walk and we follow God, God is working His purposes in our life. He's building our character. He's building our uh, capacity of being examples for others, of loving other, uh, of, of other people around us. He's developing us. But we need to walk and follow Him. We need to be followers of, 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 of Jesus in order to really walk into the purposes that He has prepared for, for our life. Come and follow me. Jesus was saying to, when he was calling his disciples, come and follow me, follow me, I want to make you fishers of men. And, you know, it's, but I want to stop here, I want to make you. I want to make you into something, I want to, I've got an idea, I've got a purpose, come and follow me. And I just want to uh, read a story, and just to look a bit into that story, and it's a very known story in the Old Testament, and um, um, especially if you grew up in church, you, you, you may have heard this story a number of times um, at the Sunday school. And this is, uh, you know, it's the story of Daniel when he, you know, um, he went into, uh, he was thrown, sorry, into the lion's den and how God protected him. Um, this is one of the, the most known story of the life of Daniel because it's one of the most beautiful story so it's like you see really the power of God displayed in a supernatural way and uh, you know and I always loved as I was going growing up this uh, uh, Daniel in the lion's den and I had a book um, with all the stories of the Bible and the pictures and there was the picture of this uh, a cave 
uh, and there was um, Daniel just standing, and there was all these very still, very calm, with all these lions around him. And I was like, as a child, I was thinking, goodness me, how, how can you be so calm? I would have started to shout, try to do something. Um, you know, we all like this image of, of the, the, you know, basically Daniel was there, and this lion could not touch him because God was saying, no, you're not going to touch Daniel because he's a servant of mine. We all know this story. But what we don't know is the experience, the journey that Daniel had to go through in order to get there to that moment. And we're going to look a, bit, a little bit into this journey uh, because I want to focus on that, the journey of following Christ. You know, Christ wants to work His purposes in our life. He wants to make you into something wonderful, but he wants, there is a journey that requires us to be humble and faithful and all what, the things that we listed above. A journey that is not easy, but it is, uh, is, um, say is um, important for us in order to really experience God and, and, and seeing God working in our life. So we're going to look a bit at some of the um, focal points in, uh, in Daniel's life, in his journey, that you know, um, marked different moments as he was going toward that, you know, the story of, of him being thrown into uh, the lion's den. The first thing is like that, it's good to know that Daniel was born in Jerusalem, but he was taken captive into Babylon. And he was taken prisoner. So he's like a young life, you know, already at the very beginning didn't start well. He started as a prisoner. And the reason why he was taken is because they wanted to train him along with some other people uh, to become servant of the Babylonian king. So I don't know you, but, you know, to, uh, to be a prisoner is not something, uh, probably is not something that we want to experience in our life. But that's how Daniel's journey started. You know, he was taken as a prisoner, captive by the Babylonian uh, king. And then we're going to read a few verses in the book of Daniel just to, just to hammer down some points about um, Daniel's life. And the first things that I want to say that in his, throughout his journey of life, Daniel always has shown to be uh, obedient and faithful. So um, Daniel 1 verse 5 and verse 8, verse 5 says, The king, the Babylonian king, assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They, uh, they, were, they were to be trained for three years, and after that they were to enter the king's service. So this was a situation, the kings, you know, have taken these people, and among these people there was Daniel, prisoner, and they basically, they, um, because it was in the best interest for the king, for them to grow strong and, um, and, uh, and, and fit, he said, you know, I'm going to assign you uh, some food that comes from the king's table. Now, back in those days, you know, food is not like what we, our idea of food, you know, that we open the cardboard, there are different bags of things and crackers and ham and cheese, whatever you like, and, and chocolates and things. Uh, foods was like uh, raw ingredients, yeah, you were a fisherman, you were a hunter, you had bread and, and you need to cook things, yeah, and, and therefore to have a good meal, really you needed, you needed to have the capacity of cooking a good meal. You needed a good kitchen, you needed a good cook, you needed a lot of ingredients that you had to know how to mix it together in order to, to prepare this delicious food. And usually the kings, they were in the best position compared to anybody else because they, they had all the ingredients that they wanted. They had probably the best chef avail available in their kingdoms. They had plenty of, of, uh, of space in the kitchen. So the, the, the food that was coming from the king's table was like a top-notch food. You know, if you were not eating that, you were probably eating, 
you know, cooking just meat or just very basic and plain ingredients. So we're speaking that the king offered Daniel and his friends to eat some of the best food that was available at that time. But then in verse 8, uh, it says, But Daniel resolved not to, um, um, not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official, uh, for, official for permission not to defile himself this way. Now, of course, Daniel was a, a Jew, and you know that the Jew, they had all of a very special diet. There were certain kind of uh, meat that they were not allowed to, to eat. They couldn't touch blood. You know, they could drink wine only a certain time of the year. So they were very complicated, you know, the, a Jewish diet. And he knew that, you know, if I, I got to eat well, all what comes from the king's table, you know, I, I will have to defile myself because I don't know how they cook it. I don't know how they mix things together because in the Jewish kitchen, you cannot even touch um, the, all the tools are separate. You cannot, you know, cross-contaminate different things. So he was concerned, I'm going to defile my, my diet, yeah, which was important for him because God, you know, asked his people, you know, back in the days in the Old Testament to follow the dietary requirement. So he said, I cannot do that. You know, I'm so sorry, but I'm going to refuse the food that comes from the king's table and just I'm going to eat very simply uh, whatever uh, else he, I can eat is available. And he made a deal with the king of eating only vegetables for a time to make the point that he was able anyway to grow fit and strong. So, but, you know, here is the point. He was obedient because he said, you know, I know that, I know that I'm going to displease God by doing that. So I'm going to refuse the best food available that he was offered to him. And I'm going to stick with what God wants me to do. He was obedient to God. And he was, he was faithful because by refusing a direct order of the king, you know, he kind of, he said, you know, I may be in trouble, but, you know, God is more important than the king. Because the king said, didn't say, well, may I, may I suggest that you're going to eat this? No, no, the king said, I want these guys to grow strong and fit, so I command that some food of the royal from, from, my, from my table is going to go to them. It was an order from the king. He said, he said no, I'm faithful to my God. I'm not going to defile myself. I'm going to be, I'll be obedient to him. God is more important than you are, you know, he said to the king. So Daniel was obedient and faithful. And these two characteristics, you know, you, you will, we will see them in the story, in the journey of Daniel's life. They were always there. He was always obedient and he was always faithful uh, to the Lord. And this is already something for us, you know, when to follow Christ means to be obedient to God. And to be faithful to Him. And when we are obedient, when we are faithful to Him, that even when sometimes we may put ourselves in some troubles, when you know, we hear people commenting and you know, speaking different things about our faith or what we believe, it's like, no, I'm, I want to still be obedient and faithful to what the Lord wants to do in my life. And all these uh, you know, experiences, you know, they were building uh, Daniel's life. Because then we, if, you, if we look through the book of Daniel, although he took this position of being obedient and faithful, somehow you know, he grew to become a very important man into the Babylonian um, uh, kingdom, empire. Um, it's like um, we read as well that you know, because of his obedience and faithfulness, God was always with him. And we read in the, in the book of Daniel that God granted him knowledge and understanding because he was obedient and faithful and because he was in a place where, you know, I want to be close to you, God. And then God, of course, he was in a place of blessing him. Yeah? 
You see, God wants to bless us, but if we don't put ourselves in the condition of receiving the blessing of God, we will, we will never receive them. We will never experience that, um, the, His blessing. And, and how, do we, how, do, how do we place ourselves in that place of, of receiving God's blessing by being obedient and faithful to Him? We, we kind of enter that area where God can, can bless our life. And in Daniel chapter 1, verses 17 to 20, listen what uh, we read about um, the knowledge and understanding that God gave to Daniel and his friend. Uh, to, these four, uh, to these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. At the end of, this, uh, uh, at the, end of, the, of the time set by the king to bring them into his service, the chief official, official uh, presented them ne Nebuchadnezzar, which was the king, very complicated name, the Babylonian king. Verse 19, the king talked with them, and he found non-equal uh, equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in the whole kingdom. Yeah? And... Uh, so God, the king saw there is something special about these guys. The knowledge and the, the understanding, you know, he recognized was above, you know, ten times more than any other person in his reign. And so Daniel grew into this and he became, you know, what we would call today a prime minister. You know, King ne Nebuchadnezzar died and he was successed by another king. So he, Daniel was still at the service there. And, and, and Daniel 6.3 says that Daniel distinguished himself above the administrators and the satraps because he had an extraordinary spirit. So the king planned to set him over the whole realm. You control the whole realm. You are gonna be, you are gonna be the prime minister, or what today we we'll call prime minister of our reign, uh, of our reign. You see, Daniel got to that place, but again, don't forget, because he was obedient and faithful. Throughout the journey, they started to, you know, from a position where Daniel was a captive, he was a prisoner, and, and then somehow he was taken into the palace, and, and he refused some of the best food available and some of the other things, because he wanted to be obedient and faithful to God. He placed himself in a position where God could bless his life with knowledge and understanding that eventually led him to become you know the administrator of the whole kingdom he put himself in that place and and you see it's, it's when to follow christ it's like you know christ wants to walk his purposes in our life but if we don't go through this journey of following him of being faithful and obedient to him we he cannot kind of how can we experience god's blessing in our life if we are everything but not obedient and not faithful to him so the story of Daniel went on. He was, you know, the top, you know, of his, of his uh, um, uh, among all the ministries in the in the in the in the reign, and, and so people got upset. You know, I'm just trying to accelerate the story. So a plot was made against Daniel uh, because the people who were working with him uh, were were not uh, happy that he was so important to the king and they and that he was so clever and so wise. Yeah. So in Daniel 6:4 we read that that at these the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him. 
because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. They tried, oh my goodness, we need to put this guy down. Let us look into his life. This guy is not just clever, he's not just wise, but he's also unblameable. We cannot find anything that we could use against him. And then they thought, wait a moment, he's a Jewish man. Religion is more important to him than God that he worships. That's very important to him. Maybe we can find something there. So they decided to go to the king and to... And they convinced him to make a new law into the, into the land. And, and they, you know, they used very well their words. Dear king, you are the greatest guy, you are the most important guy. How about if we make a new law that, where basically the people are ob- in the kingdom are obliged to worship you. And if they don't, you know, they will have to die. So the king, very proud, he said, oh, that sounds good. You know, I'm a good king. I like the idea that people are worshiping me. He, was not, he, was, he didn't know what they were thinking, the plot, because Daniel was someone dear to the king. So he said, you know what? You're right. Let's do that. He signed a law. Now, in, into, um, if you look at history, in, into Babylonian law, when a law was signed by the king, the king could not change it. It was the, a characteristic that was only to the Babylonian people. While in all other nations in the world, a king could do whatever he wanted, decide a law today and change it tomorrow, in, in, in the, in the Babylon, among the Babylonian people, when a law was decided and signed and was sealed, that's it. Even the king could not go back on his own word. So he signed this law. He said, yes, everybody in the kingdom needs to worship me, and those who don't will be in trouble. And Daniel 6, verse 10 to 12. Now when Daniel learned that the decree, or the law, had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knee and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Then these men, these men who plotted against him, went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any god or human being accepted to accept you, uh, sorry, uh, did, you not pu- did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any god or human being except you, your majesty, will be thrown into the lion's den? And the story went on from there. Yes, they did. And then Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. But look here. It's like when the law was published, what did Daniel do? Remember, he was obedient and he's faithful in his journey. He went in his room, just as he had done before, and he prayed to God. I'm faithful to my God. My life is at stake here. He knew the dangers that he was going to face by doing that. But he said, you know what? I don't care. I want to be faithful to my God. I want to be a follower of my God. Even if the most important king on earth is going to sign something against, against, against God and me, I, I, I don't care. You know, God, God is my God. I'm going to just go there and pray like I've done so many times before. So he didn't have that mentality of saying, you know, I'm going to stick with God until it's convenient to me. Because you see a lot of Christians, you know, the, unfortunately, you know, 
have this mentality until everything is good. I'm here in church and clapping my hands and, and, you know, and, and crying and, and shouting. And yes, God, I bless you. But then whenever a difficult time comes, whenever a time of test comes, it's like oh, we start to shift and we start, okay, you know what? It's not any more convenient to me. You know, I'm, you know maybe I'm going to leave God in a corner and I'm going to do something else. Or maybe when we are taken on, on, like on a spotlight, maybe on our job. Are you a Christian? Uh, well, actually, if I say I'm a Christian, I know this is a public place. That it might be bad on my uh, curriculum because then, uh, so yeah, I'm a Christian. I go to church, but really, I'm okay. You know, we compromise things, you know. And, you know, this is sad because this is the opposite of what Daniel was doing. This is the opposite of being obedient and of being, of being faithful to God. It's like, you know, we like to compromise. We like when, when, when things are good and we, or when we, don't, we are not in danger and then we don't have any problem. Yes, God, we praise you. But whenever things get tough, the situation gets tough, it's like, oh, it's not that convenient for me to follow God anymore. You know, a time will, is coming. It's already upon us. You know, you look in the news where to be a Christian is going to become difficult and difficult and difficult. And I, want, and I don't want to be the one who, how do you say, uh, there is an Italian saying, so I've got it in Italian, but I know I don't know how to translate it into English. I don't want to, the one who uh, breaks your, your dreams or your hopes, but, you know, we live in a world where to be a Christian is becoming more difficult and more difficult. And uh, where I believe your faith, our faith, will be tested in different ways. What will you do? Will you be like Daniel? God, I want to be obedient and faithful to you. I want to follow you in this journey because I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of you. I'm not just someone who believes in you, but actually I want to follow you. And therefore, my life is going to be conformed to your life, Jesus. Or am I be the one who's going to, you know, uh, move away and, and wander around about other things? Here was Daniel. A law was, was written for the next 30 days. You just have to worship the king. Me worshiping the king? No. I worship the living God. And he, because of that, he was arrested. He was thrown into the lion's den. And then we come to the story that is in our mind of, of God saying to the lions, you're not going to touch him. He belongs to me. And we all like this side of the story where you see God stepping down and taking the side of his servant. Yes, we are the servant of God. Yes, but we look at Daniel's life. He went through a journey. You know, he was obedient and faithful when it was convenient and non-convenient. And in this journey, he experienced God in different ways. The wisdom that was coming from God, the knowledge that was coming from God. And now even facing the lion, God is on my side. Yes, because I'm in that place where I can receive from God. But, you know, I cannot, I cannot pretend that, you know, I do whatever I want with my life. Yes, I know about Jesus. I know the theory. But really, I don't want to be a follower. I want to be a Christian that goes by convenience, you know. And then when, when we are in trouble, what do we do? And then people say, well, that's a proof to me that God, you are not there. That's a proof that God is all rubbish and all not real. Look, why? look what I'm facing. But what about until now? How is your, what does your life look like to you? Are you a follower of Christ? Or are you just like, yeah, I know Jesus. I know what he did on the cross. On the cross. But really, my life, I do what I want. What are you? What are you in your journey? Are you like a Daniel or like, like something else? Because then you see Daniel, then it was in the lion's den, and 
God was in his side. He's not going to touch this guy. We read in, uh, we read in, uh, in Daniel 6.22, uh, because the king, after the, the day after he went and to open up this den, because to see, he was worried, actually, concerned about Daniel. And he went there, and he opened the den, and, and then Daniel was still alive. And, and, and Daniel uh, spoke to the king and said, My king sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth. And they have not harmed me, harmed me because if I was found blameless before him. You know, the, um, the, the, meaning, the Hebrew meaning of the name Daniel is God is my judge. And it's interesting that in the worst moment of his life, the lions kept their mouth shut because Daniel was found blameless. Not to the eyes of the king or anybody else, but to him, to God. You know? So you see, when we follow Christ, when we stay close to the Lord Christ, and when we are in Christ, you know what? You are blameless. I am blameless. No matter where we are in life, we can walk with the Lord and we can, you know, we are there. We know that as we follow Him, you know, He's there. He takes us by hand. And even when we go through difficult times, He, he helps us to walk through these difficult times. He gives and provides all what we need. He's in our side. The problem is when we wander off, when we walk our, you know, we decide to live our own life, you know, as Christians, instead of being followers of Christ, we become a nominal Christians. Yeah, I know who Jesus is, but my life is something else. Then really things start to break down and things don't, don't really work the way how they should. It was all the journey that Daniel had to go through that actually put, in, put him in that place of, um, of being rescued as well by God and, and, and God who was fighting the battles there for him. He was found blameless. So here is the question for you. How about your journey? How you, are you doing with your, in your journey with God? Yeah? Are you a follower of Christ today? Are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? Remember Christian, the meaning of Christian being a follower of Christ. Are you a follower of Christ? Or you are just someone who knows a lot of things about Jesus. But really, you don't care much about following Him, about being obedient, and, being, and about being faithful to Him. Are you in Christ or are you starting now to wander off? You know, 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. So why are you looking back in doing things, in saying things that belong to your old life? Your old life is gone. A new life is, has begun in Christ. So why are you right now walking back, trying to, you know, uh, you know starting to, uh, to touch what was your old life? You know, things that maybe you left behind, but you're actually now trying to, to reach back to them. Why are you doing that? All of that is gone. Something new has started for you. God wants to make you into something. He wants to work His purpose in your life. Why don't you stay with Him? Why are you looking back? You know that even as a Christian, we can, eat, we can give a foothold to the devil in our life. Do you know that? That according how we live the life is not. This is not just spiritually. It's the, the choice that we make every day, uh, our decision, the way how we conduct our life, can actually put us in a place where we give a foothold to Satan in our life. 
in Ephesians 4, 25 to 20, uh, 28. So here Paul was writing to the church in Ephesus. So people who were believers, people who were Christians, people who accepted Jesus in their life. yeah. So he was writing to the church in Ephesus. And this is what he says. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, must, uh, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they might have something to share with those in need. And here, like, you know, don't just focus on this list of sins because the point that Paul was making here is like, look, if you were doing something that you know displeased God, that's, that's done with, don't do it anymore, keep on walking with the Lord because if you go back and you do the things that you used to do before, what you're doing, you're, you're giving a foothold to Satan in your life. And you don't want to do that, do you? I don't want, you know, it's like foothold. And then if you're not careful, this does start to occupy more space in our life. And, and, and sooner than what we realize, then we find ourselves walking away from God. We, we find ourselves that we are taken by so many other things. There is no time for God. And, and, and then sin, we start sinning again. And then sin, we, we're going to become insensitive to sin. And then it's going to go down, 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 down. You know, it's, it's in, a, in a very ugly path. It's like whatever is gone is gone. Your old life is gone. Why are you looking back to that? Why do you want to give a chance to, the, to Satan to have a foothold in your life? The one who wants to destroy your life. The ones who want to ruin you. The ones who want to uh, take away not just the eternity but even your present life. Why do you want to give a foothold to such a person in your life? Walk in faithfulness and in obedience to God. This is what is being a Christian. Which is not easy. I get that. I know that. It's not easy. But be faithful to the Lord. Walk with Him. That's the only way as well to experience, you know, God's blessing in your life. And, and God, how can God move in my life if I don't allow Him, if I don't make space for Him to move? You know, if I, you know, what can I, how can I say? You know, it's like, I think I already gave once this example. It's like the one who, who smokes, 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 smokes a lot of cigarettes, get cancer in his lungs. And then, is there God, would you heal me? And keeps on smoking, smoking, smoking. How, is that, how does that work? Okay, God, I'm going to heal you. That I carry on smoking, you know. And then two years time, I don't know. God can do whatever he wants. You know, I'm not saying he's not going to do that. But it just doesn't sound right, you know. So let's be faithful and obedient. Let's, to be, let's be close to the Lord. Let's let put ourselves in that position where we can experience His goodness. You know, how Daniel, you know, what he experienced in his life, it was because he was walking faithfully in obedience to God. In all the situations that he, find, he, he found himself, he always, you know, put God as a priority in, in, uh, in his life. You see, Jesus is not just someone who wants to save you for the eternity. Yeah, but as I said at the, in the opening, he wants to make something with your life now. He, he has good plans and purposes. How many times I do that? I, say, oh, I know this, Samuel, you always say that. Because it's the truth. God has good purposes and plans for our life. He wants to make you into something 
now already. Eternity will come. You will, you know, you, the best is yet to come. But now he wants to already make you into something wonderful and good. But that requires us to be to follow him, to be obedient and faithful to him. Because by doing that, we put ourselves in that position where he can bless us. So where, where are you in your journey with God? Honestly, can you look in the mirror and, and can you tell yourself, I'm faithful and I'm, I'm obedient to God? Or maybe you know that there are areas in your life where you started to kind of go back to what your life used to be. To reach out to things that don't belong to you any longer. The old is gone, the new has come. Why don't we all stand and worship Him? You can come. And I just want to, yeah, just um, as we stand up, and just want to invite you to close your eyes. And uh, and if you realize, if you if you think, you know, and you realize that lately you've been a bit maybe lacking or um, maybe you kind of you forgot about the meaning of being obedient of being faithful you found yourself reaching out to things that shouldn't belong to you any longer and you want to say you know what I want to today Lord God I want to refocus I want to start really being a follower of you Maybe it's the first time that you come across something like that. Maybe you thought the Christian, your Christian life was over the day when you gave your life to the Lord, but you discover today that actually God's want, Jesus wants to make you into something already now, and you, want to, and you want to know, Lord, yes, God, I want to walk into your purposes. Why don't you just raise your hand and say, Lord, I want to walk into the purposes that you have for my life. Help me to be obedient. Help me to be faithful. And my hand is going up as well. Because the truth is we can all improve in this. Lord, help me to follow you. To be obedient and, obedient and faithful. Lord God, hallelujah, we thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, we praise you. Hallelujah, we thank you, God. Hallelujah, we thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord God. God has good plans and purposes for your life. He wants to make you into something. He wants to transform you. He wants to change your life. He wants you to walk into the purposes that He has for you. Lord, help us to be more obedient, more faithful to you. Lord God, I thank you for all these hands that are going, went up today. And, you know, we thank you because you know that you're looking at our hands today. And you're looking at our hearts and our mind today. And we want to humble ourselves before you. And want to, we want to say today, help us, Lord God, all together as a church. Help us all together as a, uh, as a family, as a church family to be more obedient uh, to you, uh, to follow you, God. Help us, Lord God. Hallelujah. When we, when we, cannot, when we find it difficult, Lord God. We just pray, Holy Spirit, for supernatural strength, Lord God. For how many people right now they are struggling with this because of different circumstances in their life. Holy Spirit, I pray for a, for a power, a supernatural power in their life right now, Lord God. 
I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord God. I thank you for those who are listening to this from home. And, you know, I believe that there are people everywhere. You are here either today or listening that God is calling you to kind of start to follow Him, to become more obedient, to become more faithful, uh, to leave behind things that need to stay behind, not to turn around and, and, and not start to touch again what once was part of your life, what once was actually ruining your life. But there is something new that He has prepared for you, something new ahead for you. He wants to walk into these purposes but will you follow him? Will you make that decision today? Hallelujah. We thank you, God. Hallelujah. We praise your name, Jesus. And as we worship the Lord, I just want to invite you, if you want to, um, someone to pray for you for whatever reason, either related to what you heard today or something else, just come in front. And, uh, you know, there will be people praying for you. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Lord, as we go out into this week, Lord, let us declare over ourselves that I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. Let us listen for your voice, Lord God. Nobody else's. Let us listen and follow and be led by your Holy Spirit this week. We bless you, Lord God. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your grace over our lives, Lord God. And we thank you that we are who we are because you declared that we are. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, yeah, well, just a reminder, yeah, for the Alpha course starting this week, pray for the Alpha course um, and for the people that will attend it and for the people who are running it. And, uh, yeah, let us pray. We want to see God just, you know, moving into that as we go into the new week. Have a wonderful uh, time and uh, don't run away. Please stay on for a cup of coffee or a biscuit or something like that. Uh, for chat and uh, fellowship. God bless you. Bye. See you next Sunday. <laughs>